Welcome to FinTech's DEI Discussions podcast series. This is the Humans of FinTech chapter, and we are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges, and walk the talk for change across the entire financial technology industry. Today, we are joined by Daniela Fiendalka, founder of Token Man Consulting. He is here to share how he walks the talk for inclusion and what more he wants done. Hey, it's great to have you with us. It's great to be here, Nadia. Lovely, yeah. lovely to see you. Yeah, lovely to see you too. Super excited about this chat. Tell us, what is Token Man Consulting? So Token Man Consulting is an inclusion and diversity consultancy that focuses on engaging senior leaders and men with inclusion, equity and diversity. We specialise in two things really. One is inclusive leadership. So I work with a lot of senior leadership teams. Uh, around vulnerability, empathy, cultural intelligence. And I also work with IND specialists or heads of HR to help create their engaging men's strategy with an inclusion diversity. I love this mission and I wish you all the best in it because it's just so important. Tell us a bit more about you and your background because you've got such a wealth of experience. It's fair to say I've got a squiggly career. I've had three careers really. I'm a qualified chartered accountant, so I started in the corporate world at PwC. Then I jumped into the advertising world. So I, I was in the advertising world for about 14 years. And actually, and then about six years ago, I moved into the inclusion diversity space. But it was really in the advertising world that I started this journey. So just under 10 years ago, I started Token Man, which is an initiative to engage men with inclusion and diversity. I've been running that for nine years. We have a Masculine to the Workplace event. It's our sixth year this year. So we've been doing a lot of work. Uh, but to cut a long story short, about six years ago, the work that I was doing, the volunteer work I was doing under Token Man. So I have a Token Man hat, which I do 50% of the time, which is totally volunteer, then get paid for. And then Token Man Consulting is I get paid for change. So it's all driving change. Uh, but six years ago, my Token Man work killed my business. Uh, and so I had to pivot my career. It's just so amazing like how like the need for this has grown and how you pivoted your career to reflect that because companies often talk about allyship, don't they? And then they wonder, oh, why hasn't it happened? So I wanted you just to share some of your insights. I'm going to tell you probably quite a personal story now. I'm hopefully I, I, I won't I won't I won't go to tears for this time. Uh, but it's funny when I started Token Man nine years ago. I knew nothing. I, I knew nothing. I was so ignorant, right? I, I, I knew nothing about the challenges that women face. I knew nothing about the challenges that this other historically marginalised groups face. So what I did is I copied what everyone else was doing, which is I, I went to allyship. And for two years, I just spoke at women's conferences and I struggled to get men in the room. Then I'm showing you here a little book that my wonderful wife bought me just before we got married, just over 10 years ago. And it's one of these books where she says lots of lovely things. It, it asks questions and she says and she answers those questions. And you can't she can't have a higher esteem of me than three months before we're getting married. And then I turn to this page here and it says the time I felt close to you was 2011 was our Anna Cerebralis. You've always shown strength and I've always admired that about you. But this was the year I saw something I'd never seen you before. And that was your vulnerable side. It doesn't come out very often. And all I wanted to do is look after you. So 2011 was the year my brother died. It's obviously, as you can tell, it's, I was actually quite good today. It's that impact to me very hard. But 
reading that, which as I did six years ago, was like a gut punch because I really started to look at this and I'd been going to men saying, men, come in the room, you need to be better allies. But at no point had I actually thought about the damage the patriarchy does on men. And so that's where I switched. I switched that all the a lot of the work we would do with Token Man and also that's informed the work that I do with organisations because we can't just go to men and say you need to come here and help others without first also understanding they have their own issues. Equity is about understanding that people need additional support. It doesn't mean that the men, the white straight men, don't need some support themselves. And that was really missing. What we were seeing is we were seeing companies, and it's where I see, that's why we've got this surrender stat. So 53% of men in the UK think gender equality has gone too far and is now discriminated against, against them. That's a shocking stat, which the industry does not talk about enough. Unfortunately, there aren't enough businesses picking the phone up to businesses like me. There's a few of us and saying, can you help us engage our men? I'm lucky. I started my journey six years ago because three wonderful women at Coca-Cola Euro-Pacific Partners, Caroline, Muneer and Catherine, pulled me in and said, can you help us engage our men? I haven't had many calls like that since. And so for me, if I look at the where we started, so Masculine to the Workplace was really a result of me reading that, realising I had to start working with men, understanding how we can support them. I think one, I, I was on a group the other day and someone said, you can't pour from an empty cup, which I think is really important, especially as uh, we're recording this part podcast, just as we're going up to marking International Men's Day. But I think if you look at the framework I use with businesses now, it's support inspire and recruit so recruit is still valid so recruiting allies is still valid but you also alongside that need to support those men and inspire those men in the tools that they need to use every day this is a super interesting um thoughts and like that that 53 percent stat is just it's shocking but it's but it's not shocking and it's it's so important that we're saying that but then doing something about it so from your perspective how do we get men involved in inclusion as I said, we just need to become more balanced and realise that everyone's on a journey and they're different parts of the journey. And we can't expect the same messaging for every man. So some men are struggling right now. The reality is most of the world is struggling right now. It's really tough for so many different reasons. And so we have to go, OK, how can we help those people in those struggles? So the first thing is to support them. So support them in mental health, stress, in their mental and physical well-being, to support them in being a father and the challenges that are being a father. For example, the reason we started Masculine to the Workplace, our first event I did with Roxanne Hobbs, who's my partner on Masculine to the Workplace, we did Fathers in the Workplace seven years ago. Everyone told us we were mad. No one was going to come into the room. We got 150 people in the room, 85% men. And it was the first time most of them had spoken about being a father in the workplace. Yeah. And so for me, there's that. So looking at that support. Secondly, what we also have to recognise is we have created environments right now where men, rightly or wrongly, are afraid to speak their truths, to speak up. Yeah, I actually I've published four books. I've been involved with four books. One of the books is the best piece of advice ever. And the advice that I put in there is it's better to be wrong and interesting than right and boring. And the reason that I put that in there is I've learned so much more from being wrong. But we've created an environment where saying the wrong thing can actually have consequences. And, I, and in the wrong environment, it can also create damage. We have to reflect that. 
which is why, for example, I now run something called Brave Spaces, which is for people who identify as men to come together and to speak their truths, to have the ability to say the wrong thing so that well, they can learn from it and learn from each other. So I think really when we're within Inspire, it's about allowing people to have these conversations, but also equipping them with the tools they don't necessarily have. So I know from the work I'm doing inclusive leadership, I know that men tend to struggle far more than women when it comes to vulnerability. There's a brilliant book by Bell Hooks, if you haven't read it, The, the Will to Change is an amazing book. It's really the first feminist that I read that really talked about the need to I understand men's challenges within the patriarchy. And she talks specifically about how the patriarchy has disconnected men from their feelings. So if you look at most of my men only spaces, I always start with a feelings exercise where I get people to name their feelings using the feelings wheel and get them used to actually thinking about what they're truly feeling and actually talking to other men about it. But there's also empathy. There's also people don't necessarily have the tools to call in, call out and call forward. So giving them tools. And then once they've got those two things, you can then recruit them because firstly, you've actually showed them that inclusion is for everyone. And they can see the benefit of that. But then they've got the tools and the confidence to become allies and agents of change. So in any organisation, you're going to have people at different parts in that journey. So you need to communicate to those three different groups in three different ways to take them along that journey. Thank you for taking us on this journey as well, because you're just sparking so many different ideas in my mind right now of how we can start actually making change happen because what is the point of talking to people that can't hear you or not ready for that change it's about that pre-work that that you talk about you mentioned brave spaces i love what you do with brave spaces and i wanted just to hear a bit more around that and how that could be game changing within financial services yeah so i'm so I've, i'm now delivering them for clients so which is really nice we did our first pilot that's worked really well the client is now picked up three more. A brave space is really quite simple. It is firstly by just having people identify as men is there is no, there's less risk of them feeling they're going to trigger anyone or say anything where they're going to be judged. So it allows them to speak more openly. We create Chatham House rules so nothing can be attributed to anyone individually. So there's no consequences. But fundamentally what I'm trying to do is create a space where they can just talk and talk to each other and talk about how they're really feeling. So we will take any topic, really. So if you look at the ones I do publicly, the first one I ever did is how you how are you feeling about leaning into inclusion, equity and diversity? The second one I did was really about positive masculinity. So what does positive masculinity mean for you? What's getting in the way of you actually moving towards positive masculinity and what are you going to do as a result of these conversations so they're very action orientated and they're very much about getting people away the one we're doing for to mark international men's day is all about self-care and well-being i think men often neglect self-care and well-being and i think for, for me certainly this international men's day i'm, I'm going to be very much advocating for that self-care and it shouldn't just be on a day let's be honest nothing should only be on a day that should be throughout the whole year yeah and again great topic self-care and i think that's often overlooked uh, for men and everything that you've said around the patriarchy out of interest what is the general sentiment when you are asking men questions around leaning into inclusion diversity and equity they're scared scared they're scared of saying they're really generally even the people that i know uh, running allies networks. They, they're fearful of saying the wrong thing. They're fearful. They don't necessarily have the tools. They don't feel necessarily equipped. 
I hate to say this, and this is a financial services client. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not giving away anything here. Someone who heads up the women's ERG was told by their boss that you are compromising your career by being a sponsor of the women's ERG. That is the reality we're seeing right now. Leaning in should be, you should be, all those people I know leaning in are such better leaders. They are learning so much. They're much more empathetic, much more vulnerable. They're the people I want to hang out with. And they're the people I want to work with. You know, they're the people women want to work with. They're the people that most historically marginalized groups want to work with. Yet, they're not, that's not being valued within the organizations. And financial services is, I actually work with quite a few financial services clients. And obviously, I used to work at PwC. So I, I know, but because of the way they're set up, I tend to find they are, they're more exclusive than a lot of other industries. And a lot of that is through the working ethos of working really hard. And that's really hard for parents. Um, but also in terms of where, in terms of where it recruits from, it's lack of social mobility. So there are so many things that need to go in there. But what the most important thing is, even though they might be scared, if you create a brave space, they do speak. And mm. that speaking will help them come the journey. That speaking will allow you to open up. And I've worked with financial services, done some great work in terms of really opening up listening sessions, bringing people in to hear how their staff are really doing. Financial services, I know there are some businesses that are doing some fantastic work. HSBC, for example, a very good example. HSBC are one of our partners of masculinity in the workplace. I actually had Stuart White on my inclusive leadership panel because I think I can't name that many inclusive leaders, but I know from speaking to his staff just what a difference he makes to all of them and how he operate, does operate differently really interesting and unfortunately that story that you shared of supporting an ESG group will hold you back in your career I've heard this I've heard this before I often hear it for women and not so much for men but apart from telling somebody I think you might I think you better find yourself another company what sort of advice do you give to people when you hear awful stories like that Listen, the first advice I do give is actually go and find another company. Yeah. Uh, listen, let's be really clear here. People can't see me, but if you saw me, you would probably know that if you typed me in, if you typed privilege into Google Images, you get someone like me. So I understand even this is a privilege, right? Me saying go and get another job, it is not as it is not as easy for everyone to do that. However, I can't tell you how many women, for example, who have come back from maternity leave, who have hated, come back and found what what was a company they thought was inclusive, all of a sudden has completely transformed for them. They've slogged at it for two years, been miserable, either been forced, sometimes been forced to find another job. And then all of a sudden, oh, all of a sudden they're having a wonderful time. And actually, so I think partly it is about finding the right businesses. I think you have to ask yourself two questions, really. If this is the case, can I find another business and or can I change this business? Mm -hmm. If you can change that business, then, then of course not. But if you can't, understand the implications that will have on you ongoing. Because yeah. listen, I've never, until I joined the inclusion and diversity industry, I've never experienced being excluded or being in the out group. I've now experienced it, right? And mm -hmm. I've had real mental health issues off the back of it. Mm -hmm. So I actually know how it feels I couldn't have told you said that five years ago four years ago but I think now I do have a much better understanding and it's just not fun mm. it's just not great to to be in a business where 
you don't feel you belong. And so for me, that sense of belonging is really important. And belonging isn't just about the people around you. It's also about the values and what that business represents. Listen, we all know this. The main reason for people leaving an organization is a bad manager. Every company has bad managers. So it might be just transfer and find a better manager and transfer. Mm. Because sometimes you can get great managers. Yeah. And look, thank you for sharing your personal story there, because you know, that struggle is real in terms of being the outsider and the fact that you've now experienced that as well um, and the, the chat, the personal challenges that come along with it. But the real thing that I, my mind keeps going back to is imagine if any of us were working in an organisation where we were working on a change programme for the benefit of everybody and a manager said, hey, this is going to be good for your career. That is how odd a statement like that truly is when someone is saying you shouldn't be looking at inclusion this is infringing on your day-to-day job that is how absolutely out there that statement is and I think what ends up happening especially within the financial um, services sector is I'm sure in many other sectors as well but you become almost brainwashed into thinking or maybe it's me and it's really not if it's them if someone is saying this is bad for business when we've all read the stats we all know that inclusion is good for everybody it's so important to get yourself into a safer space i think that's really important as well so i love what you're doing with brave spaces last question i want to ask you is around advice for the listeners the listeners right now whoever they may be what would you want to see more from them in terms of authentic workplace inclusion let me first speak to the men And speaking to the men who are listening is if you're listening to this, you're probably already down the journey, right? So for me, it's what can you do more of to recruit other men? I think we don't talk enough. When we talk about male allies, there isn't enough talk about the role of a male ally is to recruit other male allies. I actually think that's the primary reason for a male ally, and it's just not talked about enough. So I'm just going to talk about it. Who are you bringing on that journey with you? And recognize that's also quite a difficult conversation. But the more you have that conversation, the better you get at it. From a women, female perspective or non-binary perspective, I would say just have, I see very little empathy for the journey that people identify as men have to go through. I can tell you now, from a personal perspective, from the people I work with, it's not an easy journey. Yeah, the best way to describe it is one senior leader I work with said, Daniela, you've got to understand for the first time in my career, I'm not only being asked to be different at work, I'm being asked to be different at home. Because when we talk about vulnerability, empathy, and even cultural intelligence, we're talking about the core of our human as human beings. And it's about change. And that is really hard to do. So I would just say, have please have greater empathy for the journeys that go on and through that empathy I think it'll be much easier to recruit men the message which is the system is broken 100% correct and it's your job to fix it does not land for most men so how do we take them through that journey recognizing that men fundamentally have to be part of that change no minority in history has ever affected change with the support of the majority and unfortunately especially in financial services the, the at senior level the majority is still men so we need those men to work with everyone else to create that change 
Thank you so much for joining us today on Fintech's DI discussions. I've really enjoyed the conversation and I've learned so much and I'm looking forward to us working together again in the future because I think there's so much that we can all be learning from you. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Nadia. Oh.